Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello, sitting across from Michael Nizelik. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by 24-7 Sports. And our proud sponsor, WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Gourmet donuts delivered to your favorite coffee shops in Birmingham. Check out their website, WeHaveDonuts.com, for more information. If you're in the Auburn and Montgomery area, you can also go to Prevail Union Coffee Shops and pick up some orders. So check them out online. Proud sponsor of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. You know, obviously this podcast is not live. I hope everybody understands that when I'm listening to this. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, late Sunday night. Um, we're actually sitting in the Auburn Athletics Complex, probably be being watched by cameras right now. Uh, <laughs> how many cameras are in here? Uh, 12, 14? Um, no, uh, but uh, uh, this could be a very interesting and busy week, Michael. Uh, Jay Jacobs' his tenure as athletics director uh, probably coming to an end this week. Um, I know we keep – I said last week Wednesday – um, would would probably be a day to watch out on. And Wednesday, we broke the news that uh, that news was coming. I really think, <laughs> but the, the most of the time this week should be spent. If this is going to happen on Tuesday, that's Halloween. So puns tying Jay Jacobs oh, and goodness. Halloween together for your lead and for your headline. Uh, that should probably take up the majority of your week. Just do that. Just, just spend up with time. Stuff. Yeah, just uh, for at least Monday. Uh, and Tuesday morning, okay. um, you should spend a pretty good portion of your day. If it to, if, it, if it happens Tuesday and there's a press conference, should should like we bring candy to make everybody feel better? Or? Yeah, I mean it's gonna. It, what's it's nothing obvious? Jumps Jacobs, Jay Jacobs. Got to work in Halloween. It's gonna be tough. Well, and SEO friendly, right? Yes. Trick or treat. It wasn't a trick or treat for Jay Jacobs. That's that's bad. That's that's horrible. Anyway, not to make light of the situation, but Jay Jacobs is probably about to lose his job. Um, he'll be fine financially. He's a. Uh, it's hard to you know millionaire. He'll land on his feet. He's a millionaire. Yeah. So, but uh, the the noise is uh, too loud around him. Uh, fans, money makers, power brokers have been wanting him out, off and on for the last five years. Two thousand twelve, the end of two thousand twelve football season. I mean, it was all but assured at the time that he was out, and then he got some help from a very powerful friend or two, and convinced they convinced Jay Gouge to let him stay on. They hired Gus Malzahn as the head coach uh, of the football program, and here we are five years later. But there has he hasn't been short on controversies, as we've recapped over and over again, as many of you know. And if you're a diehard Auburn fan listening to this, you know everything that's happened over the last couple of months. Um, but uh, the, time, the the clock is ticking. It's a matter of when, not if. Which technically, listen, that it's like that for everybody in life. We're all going to die someday. But that's, that's a pleasant. That's very way to put it. very dark, huh? Well, but it, it takes a different tenor. You know, when you go back and look at some of the old controversies, a lot of them they were able to put past them, and you know, rulings came out that kind of right cleared Auburn's reputation and the players involved with different things, academics, and, and he all was that. and he was speaking on it too. Yeah, and, and he's been quiet, and he's been sort of involved in sort of the response and how everything came, you know, came out of those situations. Well, here there's really no <laughs> there's there's culpability on Auburn's part when you have a person arrested by the FBI. When you have Chuck Person, the uh, assistant head coach for uh, basketball, and then you have the Title IX investigation, and you admit there was wrongdoing by those coaches, and a lot of these things you can't now. He can't erase them off his record 
Yeah, um, you're exactly right. And we've discussed this over and over again. Everybody knows about it. But uh, um, the difference between these allegations and everything that's happened compared to, say, even four years ago when the Selena Roberts story came out about players and uh, the ESPN report about Spice, um, the uh, uh, the uh, marijuana alternative, if you want to call it that, uh, Jay Jacobs was front and center on all those. They had things to deny a lot of that stuff. He um, sent out a one one of those situations. I'm not sure which one was. Sent a video out, where, and like we're one where he like, went point by point. Maybe it was a Selena Roberts. Yeah, he sent a letter. Out, it was yeah. like every claim he denied yeah. and had specific Auburn stuff. Auburn was very well prepared for those stories. They knew they were coming. One, two, they had documents to disprove yeah. pretty much everything. Um, and you know, if you're any school, you should do that. And Jay Jacobs was front and center. He even did a video. Uh, for the website that they provided to television stations and uh, news outlets of Jay Jacobs saying, we're not going to sit back and take this. We're going to fight, fight back with the media that, that that's doing these things and doing them incorrectly. And listen, right by him for doing that four years ago, um, because that stuff was right. uh, by all means uh, incorrect uh, based off of what we know. But this stuff, much different, as you said, a different tenor. Uh, Jay Jacobs isn't speaking on it. The last time we've spoken to him, or literally the last time he has spoken publicly in the midst of all this, was uh, after Mickey Dean was introduced as a softball coach. And another outlet caught Jay Jacobs at a booster club event in South Carolina before the Clemson game. And he didn't really say anything there either. He hasn't wanted to talk about the softball allegations and the Title IX investigation at all. at all. And he hasn't addressed basketball at all, as you mentioned. He's been at practices, but he hasn't spoken to the media. Um and it certainly sounds like the next time we talk to Jay Jacobs, it'll be him saying farewell. Him literally walking out the building. Well, I, I've been told that he has not been around the building a lot <clears throat> the last few days, but I do know this. It was a bye week. I mean, listen, his job's not all football. He's got other sports, you know, nearly 20 sports to overlook. But uh, a lot of people were not around in the building uh, on Friday. Uh, there were rumblings Friday morning that something might be happening. Um uh, there was all kinds of talk. I was hearing talk that Stephen Leith, the president, was out of town, so maybe something wasn't happening. Then I found out he was actually in town. A lot of stuff when this is going on, you got to wade through the weeds and figure out exactly what's happening. But do you think Auburn University did the football team a disservice? Not they should have done during the bye week. During a bye week, because now Gus. I mean, I guess they, if they, they'd have to do it after Tuesday, so he avoids sort of direct. Uh, questions about other than the SEC conference they might call. Do it. They might still do it Tuesday. They might do it Tuesday just after after, yeah. after Gus talks. But do you think they did a disservice timing it? Because look, if they it was gonna, I mean, it was they could have done it last week, right? And they should have. Yeah. If they're gonna do it, do it. Because now you have this hanging over the heads as you travel. Yeah. I mean, I I just know that uh, I believe from talking to people, Jay Jacobs knows it's coming, and uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, I don't know if he's trolling Auburn fans or just it's Jay being Jay, but he went on Twitter at 5.01 p.m., whether it was him or one of his handlers doing it for him, and tweeted, it's great to be an Auburn Tiger with a picture of Aubie running out of the tun- tunnel at Jordan-Hare Stadium with a Auburn Shield logo well, flag. Like you said, he's always fought, so I mean, he could be fighting to the end. And, he might and be. there's money on the table to fight for right. as well. That's so, the other thing that we need know. to consider here. There's money to be had for him. If they're going to try and force him out, which they are, I think it's just a matter of when does Stephen Leith sit across from uh, 
Jay Jacobs and tell him, here's the deal, here's what's happening, and this is your your choices. Right. Um, apparently that hasn't happened yet. But, as we said, it, it's imminent, it feels like, and, and uh, I would think it's going to happen this week. Um, but uh, hard to imagine happened during Georgia week too. I'll tell you that. Well, put they, that on that ri- on that rivalry game too. Just to, I mean, I know they're sort of separate, but not separate. It's you know, it's sort of like, obviously they're not tied together, but they are sort of. You know, you want to sort of watch what you're doing while you're trying to <laughs> put your football team, which drives the ship, in, uh, in, a, right. in a good light. Well, you know, I'm sure a part of maybe Jay thought, well, if football does well, I'll be okay. Yeah, too many things going on in the background, as we mentioned, the investigations that have been going on, just too much stuff. And these are things that Jay Jacobs likely did not have firsthand knowledge of uh, or was involved in on a day to day basis. Yes, he's the athletic director. He's responsible for everything. So if someone's going to take a fall, it's probably going to be him. You know, we would be saying this two months ago. We've been saying it for two, three months now. But um too many things have happened. Too yeah. many things have happened over the last three, four months um, for really anybody to survive this, but especially an athletics director who's been around for 13 years and people have been, you know, listen, you lose a, you lose a portion of the fan base every year, whether you're a coach or an athletics director. And, and I'd say Jay Jacobs, you know, has probably lost like 90% of, of the base. Well, and you got right the now. new president, so there's no sort of ties. No there. ties. Yeah. And he want, he'll want his own guy. Um, my understanding is they believe they can get a really good, uh, quote unquote, big name athletics director in here. Uh, I believe that they do not want to do an interim athletics director. They yeah. do not want to do that. They want to move fairly quickly on hiring someone. And maybe the feelers have already been put out there for others, but I believe that they'll have someone in place quickly, um, for a variety of reasons. But obviously if they get to a point let's say Gus Malzahn loses all of his SEC games remaining on the schedule these next three, and then you have to make a decision there. Um, or if Gus Malzahn leaves, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in the show here, you you probably want an athletics director, a full-time guy, or or, or woman. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing that there uh, could be um, someone with Auburn ties, uh, a, a woman uh, who um, – has some administrative uh, experience that could very well be in the in the running when this is all said and done. Of course, someone that that will be pushed by some people. Um, there's a lot of good names out there, several good names. I know a lot of people now. Auburn fans are going, well, we don't want to go back to the Auburn well and bring in an Auburn person because they've done that over and over again. Yeah. People want people keep saying it's a good old boy network. We don't want that. We want to disband that. We want someone with strong business background, business acumen. To come in, but there are several people with Auburn ties that have done have very yeah. right. That have done very well outside of Auburn over the last twenty years or so, and could come in and do a very good job. And uh, I think there's two or three candidates out there that uh, could could do that. And we'll listen. We'll, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about that more. And and I have a list that I'll post the moment uh, if something happens. I mean, it's likely going to happen. No, nothing is a certainty in this world, but this certainly seems imminent of uh, potential candidates for Auburn for the athletics director job. Um, but this is a busy week. One, 
Michael has to dress up for Halloween too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Auburn comes back from the bye week of football to play Texas A&M, go on the road to complete their three-game road stand here for Auburn. Against an Aggies team that was kind of resurgent, but now took a major step, took back. a back, big step back, uh, losing to Mississippi State uh, by several touchdowns in a game that wasn't even that close. Mississippi State's defense shut them down. Kellen Mond got injured, the quarterback, freshman quarterback there. Uh, Nick Starkle, uh, the guy who started the US UCLA game uh, earlier this season, he's been injured and out, but then he came back in that game and they threw the ball much, much more accurately. Um, in the near the end of that game, when it was out of hand, he led a touchdown drive. But uh, big game for one Auburn. I mean, listen, if Auburn wins out, it can go to the SEC championship game if LSU gets beat by Alabama this week. Uh, but also a big game for Gus Malzahn's future. Um, what do you what do you see happening this week with the football team? I mean, is this an LSU situation where they go in as a Favorite? I mean, they're thirteen and a half point favorites for this game. Do they go in as a favorite and then fall flat on their face, or do you think they bounce back? Well, I mean, they bounce back. They're, 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 I mean, bounce back from the standpoint of if they're in a tough game on the road, like an LSU. Yeah, can they fire back? Well, it's every time I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where it's like you kind of think that this team's going to go one way, they kind of go the other. Right, that LSU yeah. game, uh, and this look the disparity of talent at at this point for Auburn. Uh, and Texas A&M is pretty significant in Auburn's favor. Um, you know, Texas A&M special teams have been pretty good, and Auburn's kind of had some mistakes. But outside of a, a couple of plays, you, you don't think Texas A&M will kind of have the sustained offense against this defense to kind of make make magic happen, or at least I don't think so. Uh, Auburn's going to be healthier. I think if there was no bye week and this was three straight road games, you can kind of see a letdown. Uh, but look, they pummeled that Arkansas team didn't really have to play the fourth quarter, got a week off. I think they should be fresh. I don't think there should be kind of a lack of focus. Um, Unless something happens in practice and a player or two goes down. Yeah, something like that. It happened uh, four years ago, for goodness sake, with Josh uh, Holsey. And they've made it through at least the first portion of the bye without having to kick somebody off the team, which is a nice change of pace. So um, I, I think it feels like Auburn can, can do th- This they one doesn't win. feel like a scare. Uh, Kind of a, they should win unless they get that spark from Nick Starkle and they rediscover Christian Kirk for whatever reason. Christian Kirk, their receiver, NFL first round pick, probably has fallen off the map this season. Yeah, and part of that's probably because of Kellen Mond, the quarterback. But they, when Starkle came in, they started throwing more to Christian. But he's a guy Kirk. at special teams too. We're always right. One, Don't one touch away, do not so. punt or kick to him. Uh, I think three of his four catches or whatever he had were like on one of their final two drives. Yeah, they threw to him like three straight times. Came up with two catches, I think. But uh, all it takes is to get like one guy sparked on Texas A&M's offense, and maybe they bounce back. But one the way Texas A&M's defense was like just pummeled, though, yeah. with Mississippi State running the ball, would give Auburn a lot of uh, uh, confidence going into that one. I think one interesting thing we talked touched on a podcast. Somebody asked about Petway. And sometimes when they've had to reintegrate or they think they've got both guys healthy and want to do some things, Gus uh, has kind of overthought it. Uh, yeah, And, and right. uh, it's gone horribly wrong where you kind of have this game plan for two guys and then you end up not doing any guy, either guy, kind of quarterbacks, running backs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, the, what you know, because Chip Lindsey, first time we talked to him in a while on Tuesday, 
or was it Wednesday? I don't even remember. Um, said that they had a big plan for both guys and how much they're going to use Cam and is he healthy? Is he, you know, h- how healthy is he? Um, that's kind of something I'd be watching because Carrion's been pretty good this season and he kind of yes. deserves that kind of starter A status, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think you go away from him. I think you still try to get him 25 Like, don't carries. overthink it. And they've got a lot of time to overthink it. Sure. Uh, they had all bye week when they're watching Cameron Petway out there and yeah. scheming and looking over tape. You know. I, I think you still you give Carrion 25 carries. You fill in the other gaps with uh, Eli Stove and Cameron Petway, and you just go from there. And Jared Stidham gets his 18 to 20 passes or whatever. Yeah. But they have um, a tendency when they when they have time. I, I this, agree. The staff has uh, but, made some... Strange but personnel decisions. Gus Malzahn is six and zero after bye weeks. That's also true. As Auburn's head coach, and, and they've performed very well after after bye weeks. So you can't discount that. That's a trend. No, that's good. That's a, um, it's true. So while he maybe overthinks things, history shows when they get out of a bye week, they're like firing all cylinders. Yeah, uh, and they come up with new different things too. And one of the players mentioned that Sunday night about how they've. Every week he adds stuff, but they said they added new wrinkles. How many of those are road games? Uh, bye weeks? Um, good question. I don't know. You just wrote an article about it, didn't you? I did, but I didn't mention how many road games. Do you, do you expect me to do my job Do you expect thoroughly? me to do some, some research? Well, I did that things? research, and it was enough. <laughs> if they're all home games, I think it makes a difference. I don't think they're all home games. No, probably not. But, but you know, 6-0 is still nothing to sneeze at. Um, but here's the other thing, all right? A lot of Auburn fans have turned against Gus Malzahn. Oh, yeah. Fair to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, every Facebook Live we do or even... The only reason it's not even more prevalent is Jay Jacobs still... Right, has a job. This, yeah. All right. No matter what happens this week, okay? Or really for the remainder of the season, I, I think it's increasingly possible Gus Malzahn is not the head coach at Auburn next season. Not necessarily because he gets fired, but maybe he goes and finds another job and gets out of here. But that doesn't discount the fact that he would be getting fired. He could jump before he's pushed. True, but either way, I don't know. I think you're getting into a dangerous territory if you're an Auburn fan because this could easily be one of those situations where it's be careful what you wish for. Because what if, let's say, let's say Auburn beats A&M. Let's say they beat one of the two, Georgia or Alabama, or even both. And at the end of the season, Gus Malzahn says, see ya. I'm off to Arkansas. I'm off to somewhere else where he will maybe be more comforted for winning eight or nine games a season instead of having to go against Alabama and Georgia every season on the recruiting trail and, of course, on the field where you're being compared to those two programs night and day, and now Georgia's on the rise. I mean, listen – your two biggest rivals right now are number one and number two in the nation. Um, so what's what would Auburn do in that situation? Who do you get? Because as we're seeing now with the SEC, uh, a lot of coaches are probably going to be fired at the end of the season. Uh, Jim McElwain was just some fired are, yeah, some, some aren't even waiting until the end. Butch Jones at Tennessee has certainly got to be on his way out. Uh, what about Barry Odom at Mizzou? Everybody's not talking about him. It's only a second year, but that team was just horrid when we saw them. Uh, Brett Bielema at Arkansas, that team is just bad. Even though they just beat uh, Ole Miss, 
still a bad football team um, in the way they've built it. Kevin Sumlin, as you kind of mentioned earlier when we were talking earlier, kind of on that bubble at Texas A&M. Could go either way. Um, Ole Miss has an interim. Ole Miss has an interim coach, so you don't know what's going to happen with Matt Luke or if they'll just go full-time with him or try to bring someone else in. The market is going to be so saturated uh, with teams looking for coaches that, listen, you know, as we've seen with these coaches that are on the bubble now in the hot seat, those didn't work out. What makes you think your next coach is going to work out when you're having to go out and one of those teams or two of them or three of them are going to be scrounging for scraps in the coach pile? Yeah. And, but, I mean, it's sort of like we got the, you know, in theory, most likely got a new AD. So starting from scratch makes some amount of sense. Uh, you know, For everybody. For everybody. Um, why delay it a year or a half a year? Um, why keep the status quo going? If nobody's happy, um, it's not going to be a good situation next year, uh, especially going into the, se- into the season when uh, there's some ill will, you know, from Gus that he's not maybe been sort of supported even though he's done well. Uh, and then, you know, the new AD comes in and, you know, probably wants his own person. And, right. um, so it kind of makes sense to start fresh. But you're also assuming they – I mean, look – even if they Beating, lose out, even be, if they lose, if they out, lose out, I don't see how there's going to be much. ULM. Yeah, I, I don't think the, how there's going to be much sort of worry that they're making a wrong decision. Well, I understand that, but what if, what if uh, before they make that decision, Gus leaves earlier than they wanted to, but or, it, it, or it messes they, up in their your timing. situation? That you know, it, this is I all hypothetical. I just think they could easily lose to Georgia and Alabama, and nobody's going to sort of blink an eye if he's gone yeah Here, here's one other thing i want to bring up okay when and why i bring it up and also based off conversations i've had over the weekend about gus um and this is tied to it but this has never came up but i knew i know this from covering him over the years and being around him he has not stayed at one place his entire career dating back to being a defensive coordinator Hughes, Arkansas, for five years. Hmm. Five years at Shiloh Christian, five years Springdale High School. Those are his longest stays. The guy likes to hop. Well, and he had sort of an ascendant path, though, as well, so taking bigger jobs to get where you want. Yeah, but a lot of people kind of saw the Shiloh to Springdale jump. Sort of a lateral even though Shiloh was a lower tier school hmm. than Springdale, but Springdale was a big, they're literally in the same city, Springdale, but uh, even at Arkansas, Gus was looking for a way out midway through the season. Yeah. His first year. He didn't like it there. He didn't like what was going on. He was neutered a little bit with his offense and fast, fast forward to now Gus Malzahn has been neutered a little bit with his offense they're not allowing him to call plays well at some point you got to ask like well if a head coach isn't doing anything with the defense and not calling the plays what is he doing what what are we paying five million dollars for and why would he want to be in a situation where he can't really assert himself exactly so i mean at some point you can't and and, so why would he stay if he had a choice and i mean most coaches this is not a knock on him think they're the smartest person in the room well that's why they're a head coach that's why they are in that position and so gus thinks he's the smartest offensive mind there is anywhere he goes. So, and I think he wants to be that. 
um, you'd think he'd want to be in I would a position think, to yes. kind of assert himself more. Right. So if he wanted to leave, I think he could leave and through back channels find a way for his agent and other people to convince a school to take him on as their head coach and it not be obviously a program on Auburn's level. It'll be below a step or two below Auburn. How step would it be a power five program? Arkansas. Outside of Arkansas, is there an option? Sure, maybe. Maybe Mizzou. Hmm. Arkansas makes sense for a lot of reasons. Maybe a Tulsa. Has ties to Tulsa. Well, sort of. He was there for two years. They were two successful years. I'm telling you, he just hasn't been anywhere long enough. But the guys, he took a team to a national championship as a head coach. He took a team as an offensive coordinator to a national championship. I would think that there would be interest there, and he can go somewhere where it's not, you better win 11 games here, disappointment. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, look at, look, Florida, 19 wins last, with the previous two seasons, yeah. back-to-back SEC championship game appearances, and they couldn't get rid of that guy. They were like, he did something wrong, let's get, kick him kick him out of the building. Don't change the locks. Well, Florida is a different atmosphere. Even though I'm they have a new athletics director, everything, it's weird There's there. no guarantees in college football. No. Year to year. I mean, there's no, because he won a championship seven years ago now, seven years ago. Um, a national that's, title. That's, uh, that's like ancient. He won an SEC title four years ago. That's ancient. Yeah. It just is. I mean, that's just the, the nature of the business at this point. Right. If you don't win national titles every year. Well, here, here's the, here's the thing, all right? Someone posted this on Twitter. I, don't, I, I can't remember who it was or else I'd give them credit. But, I mean, outside of Alabama, it's pretty much just a junk pile of teams record-wise over the last three years. No. I mean, everybody's pretty much around the same area. And then there's, of course, the lower-tier teams like Arkansas and uh, Vanderbilt and even Kentucky to a certain extent. But – um. Auburn's in the middle there, and Auburn fans don't want that, and they're used to – I mean, it's just so – you know, the climate here is one of which win 10 games or more, but this program's only won 10 games or more in back-to-back seasons once in its history. Or I think it's win nine games and beat one or two of your rivals. That too, and Gus hasn't done any of that since 2013. And as you said, in this day and age, that's ancient. And I think Gus Malzahn, as he's shown in the past – Maybe he he's gonna he's wearing out his welcome a little bit. We all know that. Maybe he looks elsewhere, tries to get out before Auburn can make a decision. E- either way, here's what I'm saying: they could win out, and Gus Malzahn might not still be the coach because he might try to get out. That, that's the no. But in the other, I think you know, look at other. But side. then again, he might also go. Well, oh, I can win a title. As the, as the fan base has grown increasingly frustrated, sort of at a long time. I mean, you're looking back 2014. Uh, Gus has not done much in the way of trying to. Reverse that. He sort of isolated himself further and further away from uh, this fan base, I think. And well, that, there's sort of a general sort of. Uh, he's been forced to make decisions he did not want to make either. But I'm just saying. Including like, do, being do you not get, calling plays. But I mean, I'm just, just saying with this fan base, I mean, it doesn't seem like how engaged is he in sort of trying to make that relationship work on a, on a, on a more longer term well, basis. He's just not a people person. Unless those people are his players, and he loves his players and all that. But, you know, I I can't answer for him. Like, but I'm just saying to survive mediocrity or well, not. Uh, Tommy Tuberville survived because he made lots of friends. Exactly. And 
so you could v- survive your first dip or second dip. Right. And then eventually, obviously, you got But the eat, problem but, with Gus now is he's been dipped since <laughs> 2013, and he hasn't dabbed yet. <laughs> he's got to dab back on them folks. Um, 2015, I think, was the clear, you know, I mean, that, he, he survived that. He could have been fired yeah. three games of that season. And they haven't been bad, bad, bad since then. I mean, even this season, I mean, if they beat Texas A&M, what, they finish 8-4 and four and get a decent bowl. Um, yeah, 8 wins had, is not a bad thing, but it's had, a bad thing when you're facing Alabama. If everything Georgia. was on a better plane, haha, on the planes. Um, I don't think the chorus would be so loud on either side where you kind of think maybe he'll want to leave or maybe the fans want to push him out. Right. Well, like you said, eight and four is not not bad. I just think it's going to be a very, very interesting end of the year coming up, all the way through Jan- until January. So get it's going to be wild. Get your sleep, it's Mike. It's going to be wild. Um, I mean, it, it really, it really. I think we're in. There could be a sea of change across this campus, um, and for a lot of reasons. But I'm telling you, don't discount the idea of Gus Malzahn leaving after this season on his own, because I think it's entirely possible. Not, I'm not saying that I've been told, but I'm saying that he, he will have options either way. Yeah. So, okay. Let's shift gears quickly here for a few moments. Um, basketball opens exhibition season Thursday. Um, it's a short exhibition season of one game. Is it just one this year? Yeah. I See, I haven't been keeping up. Yeah. Um, there's other things going on with basketball. Yeah. So they're playing. I think though, maybe it's not, maybe isn't it, isn't it just one game? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, good job. Beat writer. That's right. Basketball beat writer. It doesn't even, but I mean, that's the thing because you'll get to this in a minute. The, <laughs> the sea of change and what this week will bring very prominently features the, features the basketball team. Okay. So Auburn hosts Barry. Is this just like one guy named Barry? <laughs> I think it's just all guys named Barry. It's <laughs> just a bunch of dudes named Barry. Uh, Barry versus the Tigers. Uh, will Barry Bonds be there? Um, Spelled differently than that, Barry, I think. I don't know. I'm not a baseball guy. As the World Series not a, is playing. Not a Barry guy. I'm not a Barry guy or a baseball guy. Um, not a Barry Barry guy either. I don't really like berries. You know, I like to eat. You know, like blackberries, never like blackberries, blueberries. Smurfberry. What? Is that a kid thing that I don't know about? Smurfs. I never watched the Smurfs. Oh, my gosh. So Auburn plays Barry um, Thursday, an exhibition game. Will every player play in that game? Not. Or exhibition, excuse me. It's not likely. Um, So that was clarified as well because there was some kind of confusion does an exhibition count as sort of like an official game or is it more just a practice? Um, but it, it counts. Um, so, and there is only one exhibition game. Um, so players with eligibility issues, they'll, they do not want them to, they are not supposed to be playing in exhibition games, essentially that, the, that, that decision will be made should be made Thursday. That's going to be a heck of a week, Mike. Um, this is a lot of things. And there's things. been some back and forth with Bruce about him knowing. That, well, he's already he's always maintained he doesn't know who the two players are. Mm-hmm. But he put out a statement on Friday. Read a, He read off a written statement 
uh, explaining, well, he doesn't know who the players are. This is how weird this thing is getting. He has suspicions of who the players are because there was some backlash to his statement earlier in the week that he wow. didn't know the players yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and so this is how kind of insane this is getting. But this goes back to what you we were talking about the athletic department, that this disaster of a communication, this is beyond well, him too. I don't know. I, hey, I don't think that's not – well, it's part of the athletics department. I will say this: out of all the craziness that's going on, Auburn's got a very good compliance department. Not compliance, but like what he should be—he should not. Bruce should not be the public face of this. Like, I agree. Okay, yes, I okay. I see and where so you're going he's now. been kind of yeah. thrust into the situation where he's having to answer questions. Bruce he shouldn't be an having to answer these questions. It should be the athletics director, exactly, and or so, maybe even the compliance. Well, compliance director. But, I, but I think your athletic director should be taking point on this. There needs to be not putting Bruce in an awkward situation. A about figurehead that he's supposed to. He's having to ask a question about what he knows. You know, it's like right. He doesn't want to have to be talking about this at all and say just no comment. Refer to Jay. Refer to right. The athletic the spokesperson or whatever. Um, and they're kind of leaving him out to sort of handle it. Uh, it's created a lot of confusion. Um, because he, what can he say? What can't he say? Uh, you know, what does the athletic department want out there? And these are things that, I mean, look, that statement had to be cleared, obviously. And so it's just sort of a, a strange place we're in. And uh, he's kind of increasingly said that, you know, we're going to find out before this first exhibition or, you know, what's how, that's ha- what has the timeline has to be. And that kind of shifted because earlier was November 10th, which was the first game, first which is game, why there was yeah. kind of confusion. Um, so it has been clarified that an exhibition is pretty much like a game for them. Yeah, if they, they play have, in it, that yeah, could that's, uh, that's not, that could risk you don't things want to know for Auburn. Players, yeah, um, that's and interesting. So, um, so one way or the other, coming Thursday, there will be some sort of yeah, not fallout. I would say, but uh, not even not even explanation. But the writing will be on the wall, I guess. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting other. to see how they go about this. Do they put on an announcement? Do they just I think they would send go a, on to Thursday and just have them not play and then talk about it after the game? I think they would um, send a news release out right before tip-off. That's at that's, least what they've done in the past with the things. Yeah, things that they've done. Um, they're going to practice Monday through Wednesday, and we'll, we'll be there. And um, It's a strange sort of – it's strange, man. Because this whole t- – you know, you watch practice and – Two of the guys that that are not going to be there, and that they've been kind of yeah. Um, it's a it's a weird weird situation. Well, just start coming up with names for the every day this week. Manic Monday, yeah. Uh, Ta Tuesday instead of Halloween. Um, I don't know the rest. But so yeah, so Tuesday potentially or Thursday potentially. Um, it's it's going to be a crazy week, folks. Very possible, and that's not the kind of the end of the situation either. I mean, it's sort of just well, it's the beginning. Yeah, it's the or the next phase, I guess, would be what. And then, Chuck Person goes to court November tenth, November ninth, ninth, Excuse ninth. me, the, they, the, the they night they before the, the season, opener, November tenth. Um, and then you, you, there was that report out there from the L.A. Times, was it? Yeah, L.A. Times reported three of the guys. Well, because it's based on court documents, right? Nothing in pay. So there's Pacer, which is a federal court system documents. They haven't uploaded anything related to the Chuck Person case at all. Uh, since his initial appearance in Alabama, that it was moved to New York, uh, and so these other three guys have applied for a continuance, and so those documents got posted. So uh, they're asking for 14 more days, and the federal government, I believe, is agreeing because they're working on terms of an agreement. So you want more time, right? Um, before that initial court appearance, nothing has been, 
yeah. similar about Chuck Person. Uh, the, no, no, there's no change. There's November 9th. Not, that's not to say they could Something be, probably will happen, I would think. Right. I mean, though they could be talking about a deal. They could have, have those talks. Nothing ever comes out of it. Because um, rarely does that first court date of any sort right. like actually follow through. Um, and so November 9th, tech, still scheduled as his first court date. But um, three of those guys, none of the assistant coaches, we should add, uh, was all sort of, you know, there were 14 people arrested as part of it. Um, and, uh, these were sort of the money people and some of the other, not, none of the assistant coaches were to have talked about the deals yet. Right. Well, interesting. Um, and the players still haven't talked and, and, you know, <laughs> we, we just Bryce Brown and Horace Spencer at media days and that was it. And, uh. That'll be weird too. What are they going to? Everybody's just going to say no comment about the two teammates that they. Yeah, what the heck do you say? I mean, how do you? How do you approach that? And there's human emotions to it. I mean, I, I don't know. It'll be a wild sort of first couple of weeks. I'm sure the teammates and the players are as sick of it as everybody else. You know, have to act like nothing's going on. Yeah. Although Bruce Pearl said that they don't talk about it at all. Well, they're they're not allowed to. They're not allowed. That's the other thing. It's just crazy. Well, that was one of the weirdest answers because I said, well, what if. Well, it's because it's an FBI investigation. No, no, no. What if they had any sort of. Where could they go? And he said they can't go anywhere. There's nobody that they're allowed to talk to in athletics that they could talk to. So they just put tape over their mouths when they leave the building? Or just what if they had something to add? What if they had something to report about Chuck Person? What if they had some concerns? Well, I'm sure the FBI. I'm sure the FBI. I mean, the FBI touch. will take that call. <laughs> yeah, the FBI. Hello, the, this is the FBI. That's different. Um, yeah. Okay. So, Gus Malzahn's future, the future of the basketball program, and two players, and Jay Jacobs. So, right before we get on a plane, <laughs> don't do this. This is all. I mean, this is like literally. But do you think no. they'll do that? Do you think they'll fire him? Well. Everybody's like around on a plane. No, like ten o'clock when all the reporters are flying to Houston. Friday morning. Yeah, we are not flying at ten a.m. We don't know when we're flying, Mike. For anybody that's listening to this, we don't know. I said average out the times of reporters. Don't do that. Will fly don't out do morning. that. You're let you're tipping our hand. You never tip your. I hand. literally actually don't know when we're flying out. So I was so there. Just you go. He's just making something up. Yeah, I'm just saying they could do that. That'd be fun, right? I think we're flying out. You have to 9 buy p.m. You have to buy Wi-Fi. I buy Wi-Fi every time, just in case. Do you really? Yep. And to monitor things on the... About to get a message board. Okay, viewer question. Dang it, I did it again. It's been a month. I haven't done that, and I did it. Listener questions. Let's go to the listener questions, shall we? Not a lot. Sky Underwood, which is a great name. (laughs) Sounds like a superhero from a pulp comic. Do you agree with so much uncertainty and instability at so many programs across the national landscape that Auburn's situation with Gus Malzahn actually doesn't look so bad? Yeah. I agree with that a little bit. I don't. Ask okay. me in, ask me in a month if they beat Georgia and Alabama, maybe. Okay. Well, they've beaten four SEC teams by 32 points on average. Those SEC teams are bad. They are bad. With the exception of Mississippi State, maybe. Mississippi State's ranked number 21 right now, right? Yeah. Or something like that, or 20, 21. So, and they beat them uh, by 39, above the average. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I don't think it's as bad just because of that, and they've got a great defense. They've got a pretty good offense put together. It's just I don't – 
I think for Auburn to quote unquote get over that hump and get back to the level of like 2013, you got to have a dual threat explosive quarterback in this system. And I know Gus Malzahn won't agree with me or anybody, but you do. I I I think there's no doubt about that. So you heard it here. Their first. most successful years have been Cam Newton. You heard and it Nick here Marshall. first. What's that? Brandon Marcel calling for Malik Willis to start. No, I'm not. But they needed a dual threat guy, and they need one. Jared Stidham is very, 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 very good. Don't get me wrong. And you'd still start Malik Willis. But he's not dual threat. No, I wouldn't. I would develop a package for Malik Willis, though. I would play him. I'd play him for a series or two each game. They're They're not not doing that. They're not doing that. Nope. All right, Carson asks, if Auburn beats Texas A&M and Georgia but loses to Alabama, would you consider the season a success going into next year? I would. Nine and three. I don't know. It'd be tough. You don't think nine and three is good and losing beating one to, of your rivals? Losing to the three, I mean, three of the who four, the, who the, three of the four best teams on your schedule. Okay, l- listen. Who the hell has beaten Alabama over the last three years? Clemson. Okay. So why why is it disappointing? From an objective standpoint, that Auburn doesn't beat Alabama. Take the fandom out of it. Everybody, I mean, Auburn fans, it's it's a bad. Well, I think I think because Gus said it before the season, this was the year that they were going to do it because they had a veteran team and they had a quarterback. What else? If you, what is the missing? They didn't have a quarterback. They've been playing without a quarterback. That's what he said, basically. Well, yeah, I was talking like literally. I'm saying, but you take, but when you go back to what Gus said in the preseason and just his hype about this team. Uh, and the makeup of this team. I mean, what else could you say they need next year? I mean, what else? What is missing? What is what's missing that on this roster? Dual threat quarterback. Oh, okay, so but minus that, they, but he in his mind he's got his quarterback, big receiver. I mean, you're nitpicking, right? So, but I mean, I'm not nitpicking. Gonna, Those are things you need. But on I mean, this like team. I would think coaching would be the easier answer. Damn, son. <laughs> you think it's coaching? And those losses? Well, LSU, yes. Clemson? Um, they were a little bit hamstrung in that game because Carrion Johnson was sacks. out. sacks. Well, then, they had those two drives, that goal, goal line debacle, timeouts. Not well, listen, what they were a, do. a short toss to Shannon Cox usually works. Your favorite play of the season? Never does. Um, By the way, folks, we're going to be posting pro football focus grades on the site Monday morning. And the bottom five players in offense and defense might shock you. I'll just say that. Um, but so anyway, but, but I mean, I'm just saying, what gets you over the hump if you have a, the roster that you have built to your liking and the quarterback you have to your liking? What's the X factor? What else is there? Well, and as you mentioned earlier, you hired Gus Malzahn for his offensive brain, right. and now you're asking him not to do that anymore. So what's the deal? And Ke- I mean, it's it's, so, it's sort of weird know. to talk about because Kevin Steele's doing the defense, and I, I'm not criticizing him much that because you know the Clemson game defense was pretty fantastic for most of it. Right, they did what they had to do, except for the first drive of the second um, half and the last and drive. So it's of the, first the offense half. and the offense is the, the head coach. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, oh, do you disagree? I, in certain instances, yes, but the LSU game was solely on Gus Malzahn. Yeah, and that's been the disappointment. So the. Ba- them losing at Clemson, and you go back to last year, Georgia last year, Clemson last year. What what are the what is the what would you put those losses on? 
the teams were warned. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. I'm just saying, look at these big games. Big game, there's Gus. A there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Okay. Uncle Dusty asks, <laughs> I don't know, would the, would the college football playoff committee leave out a two-loss team that had victories over number one and number two late in the season? Of course no. he's referring to Auburn. Well, no, because they'll have to beat Georgia or Georgia, yeah, twice, right? So they'll have number, they'll be two, one, and then probably ten in a span of four weeks. Yeah, if the college, if they're evaluating, so I don't think there's any way they would. Yeah, I don't know. They'd have to have lost the second. There are going to be a, there's possibly going to be a lot of one loss power five teams. Yeah, can make it difficult, and the SEC's quote unquote down, but. Georgia and Alabama are number one and number two, unless Georgia falters between now and then. Who knows? You never know. But uh, we're Bama. I mean, they got LSU. <laughs> never mind. I'm sorry. Bama's a three-touchdown favorite against LSU. Three-touchdown? Yeah. 21 points. Um. All right, let's move along. Just a lot of questions about, is Gus going to get fired? Is, yeah. All right, we get it, everybody. Uh, James Arnold. Hey, Arnold. Asks. Uh, Marquise McLean had so many highlights in the offseason, including A-Day. Not seeing him much. wonder why you think that is. What other highlights did he have this offseason that they saw? Were they at practice? Was somebody I that guess. Were you guys at practice? Inside info? I, he had a touchdown catch in the A-Day game with the third-team offense. He did do that. But he did get, in this person's defense, he did get very positive reviews from his teammates and coaching staff. For his redshirt year, he played well uh, and was focused and a guy that developed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people were talking about him having kind of a breakout spring, but he's kind of not been anywhere, so who knows. Well, he hasn't shown up yet. He's not going to show up this year. Uh, and they like their receivers. Auburn doesn't think they have a problem with their receivers. Yeah, it's weird. Chip Lindsay, they need to very have, happy with the production. They need a big-time receiver step up, and it seems like the guy they're going to be turning to is Darius Slayton down the stretch. Yeah. And I don't know if he's a game-breaker for you. I mean, he'll have a nice catch or two, but then he drops two passes. He did it at Arkansas. Let me just repeat. Chip Lindsay very happy with I understand. production. Chip Lindsay says a lot of things. Okay. Um, the ball goes... The ball wants to go. <laughs> Nate Craig Myers was on the field. He did do some good things. He celebrated with his teammate. He was the first one in the end zone celebrating with his teammate. The ball goes where it wants to go, Brandon. That is like very like like very, you zen. you stop. You like you were typing and you were like, wait, I'm gonna think about that for like 25 minutes. <laughs> you missed the rest of the press conference. I thought it was a quote. that was in response to a question from Brandon, and it stopped Brandon dead in his tracks because like what he did not know. So does uh, that sounds like a, a quote. is answering with the, a riddle better or worse than what you got tonight when you asked Trey Williams a question? He said, "I don't know." Was it Trey Williams or Ryan Davis? I can't remember who I asked. It's Trey Williams. Okay, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I'll tell you what. It didn't do any anymore. didn't do any favors for your article that you wanted to write about. <laughs> so much for that article because got guarantee you, Gus Malzahn will answer the same way. I I don't know. You, well, no. He'll he'll fall back on his every week's a, different. Every week's different. Every year's man. different. You, know, you look in the SEC every. It's just so different week to week. Molecules. <laughs> so anything else going on outside of sports you want to talk about other than you having the uh, 
the Black Plague? No, the plague has visited upon our house, and it's been it. Uh, it was not an enjoyable bye week for the Nizlik family. Um, Give us details. Well, <laughs> it's interesting if you anybody's watching Stranger Things too. I have a lot of symptoms. Uh, one of the lead characters has my temperatures two degrees below normal. I'm coughing up things from the upside down world. Um, <laughs> it's not pretty um, and not fun. Is Winona Ryder running around your house frantically putting no, things on the walls? No. Then no. you don't have it. No. Not yet, at least. Have you taken a like a hot bath yet? <laughs> this is getting personal. <laughs> where are the, the uh, candles? Okay. Um, I need to... I need to uh, I'm going to try and finish Stranger Things tonight. I can spoil it for you right now. Don't. God, I'm going to strangle you, son. I spent all weekend playing Super Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch. I beat it Saturday night. Nerd. I should say Saturday night, but it was actually four in the morning. <laughs> my my wife was asleep, and I was like, ah, Super Mario Odyssey time. And I played for like three straight hours, or maybe four. I beat it. I beat Bowser. Is he the, the spoiler alert? Yeah, of course he's the bad guy. Who else is the bad guy? <laughs> Who else would be a bad guy in a Mario game? It's good. I give it like an Your tepid recommendation. I've seen two tens for reviews, and you're just like, yeah, it was good. You know, I give it an 8 out of 10. It was good. But now you can resell your Switch because there's no other games going to come out for it. <laughs> that's true. Time, so yeah, that's it. It's usually one Zelda, one Mario, and then that's yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. For the cycle. <laughs> um, no, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Different mechanics. I remember playing video games when I didn't have kids. That was fun. Well. That's good. It's adoption. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love my kids. Do your kids listen to this podcast? No, they would be totally bored out of their minds. Your father hates you. That's not nice. That that it's not. So That's why? Not nice. I'm writing that story up. They right did. Now. They did get me sick. So what are they dressing up for? Is for Halloween or Ninjago? Is it that Lego thing? Yeah, red red ninja and to be determined ninja. So what kind of ninjas are there? What's the difference? Different powers. Okay. What's the red ninja do? Fire. That makes sense. That's like like Mario. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. Is there a green ninja? There is. What's a green ninja do? Green ninja is sort of like the leader, so he's sort of more ah. mercurial. Sort of it's different. That Okay. He doesn't have like a power, but he's, he's like power. Yeah, he's just kind of like the leader of the group. Okay. It's very complex mythology, so. Sounds like it. Yeah. Big brains behind that. Yes. Uh, I went to the Haunted Farm. We're going to hear more about the Haunted Farm. We heard about it on Facebook. I actually Live. went. Yeah. It was good. It was good. It was fun time. It was fine. It wasn't as good as last year or the year before. I think they're cutting back a little bit. It's the economy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being serious because, like, usually on the zombie paintball thing, you know, you're on a trailer. and Were you counting the zombies? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> It used to be you're on one side and the other side had guns too, right? Yeah. Okay. And so you had zombies on both sides of the trailer, right? This year they built like a double decker trailer. So there's people above you with paintball guns and then people below you or whatever. We yeah. were on the bottom row, okay? And so you're only facing one direction and that direction's where all the zombies are. It used to be they were on both sides. And it was like the same amount of zombies you would get on just one side. So it's like they cut back on actors. Used to be it was both sides and it was great. Like there'd be a boat in the Did water. Did you ask for your bridge. money back? No, I didn't. I spent a lot of money there though. 
How much are we talking about? Hundred bucks? Uh, eighty. Did you get to like actually murder a zombie? Uh, no. Zombies are already dead. What? <laughs> what? What did you get for eighty dollars? Uh, my wife and I did zombie paintball yeah. with one hundred extra paintballs a piece. That's sure. extra, five bucks a piece. I ran out before the end of the ride, but the seat next to me was empty, and they loaded that gun up, so I had two guns. And I just started firing like crazy. Everybody else was out, and I was still firing. Anyway, and then we went on the uh, Haunted Hayride, which is pretty much the same thing. You go on a trailer, and there's different areas you go through. There's like an It-themed uh, area. There's Freddy Krueger. There's Jason. Okay, so haunted Hayride, paintballing. And that's it. 80 bucks? 80 bucks. Jeez. I know, man. And we usually do the uh, Haunted Barn, but she was too scared to do it. Mm. And that's another... That's another mortgage. Uh, Oh, my goodness. The Haunted Barn's probably actually the best part. I've never been in it until last year. You couldn't go by yourself. You need somebody else to go with. Well, I mean, it's boring to go by yourself. It's boring. What happens when you have another person there and you're... I'm usually grabbing onto the guy next to me when I'm scared. You want a late, you want your lady friend next to you so when they get scared... You just want to see her terrified of her mind so you can laugh and be like... Yeah, I like laughing at my wife. (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't like laughing at people being really scared that's not nice yeah well whatever that's not nice you're sick and who cares i am i'm literally dying cares about your opinion hopefully we make it you better you better be on the ready this week son just gonna take a nap you gonna take a nap I think I'm going to go play more Mario, even though I beat the game. I'm in the Mushroom Kingdom right now, where you like can go revisit bosses and get more power moons. It's exciting. And Yoshi. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Everybody's really excited for you. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate the support. I can't believe I beat the game in like two days, though. Well, it's like eight hours, ten hours of gameplay. It's, yeah. it's about right. I did it all late, late at night. I was sending you and... Uh, Another colleague, like, videos and pictures, like, at 3 in the morning. Yeah. And no one was responding because I was alone in the world. Yes. Yeah. And you were in bed. Uh, contemplating what you should put in your will. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, goodness. By the way, I've got donuts at my house. That's exciting. Okay. Uh, that's a segue because our sponsor is WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com, presented every week here. The Auburn Undercover Podcast. I've been Brandon Marcel. That's been Michael Nizelik. Say Gus Malzon for me once. <laughs> Gus Malzonio. <laughs> what stadium do they play football in here at Auburn? Auburn Arena. <laughs> they play football? Is this the future? Jordan Air Stadium. <laughs> Arena Football League. Jordan Air Stadium. Well, all right. That's yeah, it. I, we found out this week that reader or viewers, oh, readers, listeners do not like you making a mistake. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mispronouncing things. Uh, but that's okay. To each his own. I well, say, how would you like someone to like someone to keep coming up to you? And I have literally had my last name, name mispronounced my entire well, life. Well, it bothers me when people do it over and over again. That your name is what? Brandon Marcelli. <sighs> I don't. Th- but I don't, it, it, what what does it make a difference? But the, I think the idea is that you never correct yourself. That's what upsets people. 
That's what upsets but, me. But, well, I'll say this: my Jer- right Jordan Hair Stadium is there's the way it's written. <laughs> don't do is this, Jordan. Don't and do so this. So I don't think you could say it's a mispronunciation. Don't do this, Malzahn. Sure, if I say Malzahn, do you're gonna piss everybody off. Chicago Indian. Right, listen, heritage. If you knew and that's a mistake, but it's not. But a if conscious you knew the mistake. history, if you knew the history of Auburn, you know it's not pronounced that way. But what I'm saying is that I either or is not a conscious sort of error. Uh, but it is conscious on your part of... by not correcting yourself. No, because you don't even make the mistake. You just, I don't hear it because that's how I talk. So when you say, like, if you were sitting having, you know, a calzone. You know, if you're having tea with somebody, like, you, like you do at 2 o'clock. If you're having a calzone across from Gus Malzon, would you call him <laughs> Gus Malzone like you have been? I probably would. I would say, Gus Malzone, are you going to enjoy this calzone and smile? And go tee. Gus would tee-hee. never. <laughs> Gus would. There's so many problems with this era. Gus would never eat a calzone. <laughs> Gus would never meet somebody from the media to have a calzone. Why would you? Don't think he likes calzones? I don't think so. I don't think. I I almost think, said calzones. <laughs> <laughs> you think he eats cal- calzones? All he likes is Mexican food. So yeah, so. and sandwiches. <laughs> I've seen him eat Mexican food in a sandwich. That's all. That's all. You guys had tea. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Three years ago, four years ago, he brought beat writers in like one by one to have lunch with them like during a week. And he had a separate lunch each time? It was just sandwiches from... Oh, over somewhere. different days. I thought you meant like the yeah. same day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, just kept, this kept is my lunch. ninth sandwich. So like oh, four no. o'clock. This is my seventh lunch. <laughs> I really, I hate myself and I don't want to live anymore. Um, that makes more sense now. I got you. <laughs> Man, this sandwich sure is good. What I'm just saying it's not a conscious, oh. but which is based on my sort of the way I talk, it's not a sort of conscious mistake. Kind of like Gus Malzahn going into a turtle shell in the second half of the right. games. That's right. If I just, had three months to come up with Gus' pronunciation, I'd get it right. I wouldn't put five quarterbacks. Well, it's all right. In the same you've game. only been on this beat for how long now? Uh, I don't know. Three seasons. So you don't even know how long you've been here. Three seasons, two years. Do you know where you're at? Two years. How do you say Bruce Pearl? Do you have a way of saying that that's strange? <laughs> I was trying to come up with something witty, but my brain's just sort of Bryce Pearl. upside down fog. Yeah. I just call him Coach One. No. Coach One? <laughs> um, he's not Coach One. No, he's not. Don't say that. No, it's not. Get in trouble with the FBI. Is federal this podcast? Ba- yeah, we're <laughs> still going. Fe- we're almost no, an is hour. It, is this is the FBI tapping into this? The, the federal basketball investigation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's it for this podcast. Thank you for uh, joining us on uh, Deep Thoughts. Busy week. Bye.